0: I don't believe that balance exists i believe it's wholeness
1: i'm whole to begin with but i i have work to do wholeness to me
0: is being able to be your own bridge to your heart through your heart will is a familiar face in the wholeness library you can find over a dozen of his follow-along energy therapy tutorials there considering a path in the medical field Will decided he wanted to take more of the preventative approach to health and graduated with a degree in health promotion and education. He is trained in everything from neuro-linguistic programming, timeline therapy, a nutrition coach, massage therapist, yoga instructor, that's just to name a few. If you want to meet the epitome of a wellness coach, Will is your guy so beneficial maybe even more beneficial to think of these things as um preventative or or things like that that's why we call it wellness because we're gonna go do it when we're well <laughs> not when we are ill you know so and it keeps us well more than anything else so um i, I love that um and you're you're we we tease at the wholeness network we so were like you are you were like one of our first millennials or our first younger because a lot of times you've got most of the time it's women over 40 to 50 playing in this field and so we were so excited to meet a young uh, male you know who was just as excited and just as talented and gifted in these things than we've seen most of the time in in females or most of the time in older older people so do you find that your clients are younger Or is that not necessarily part of it?
1: Yeah, so I work with a pretty broad um, age group. Um, Primarily, though, it would be 25 to 35. I see that data from my email list. Um, So yeah, so I get that. I do specifically work with gay men. Um, That's a a demographic that I've kind of naturally um, been led to work with. Um, I'm gay myself, I identify as gay myself, and I've, I guess, you know, within my network, within different things that I've been involved in, um, word has gone out about what I do, and it's just naturally flowed that way, like over the past four and a half years since I've been coaching individuals. Um, And then I've also incorporated fitness services, fitness and nutrition services, and massage therapy within my practice. Um, So within that, um, with all those services, um, the gay population has been about 90% of who's been coming um, to my services, and so uh, last year, so um, yeah, about eight months ago, I decided to just tailor my marketing to, uh, gay men and, and work with them, you know, and I still accept all clients, you know, people that come, come to me and find me, I, you know, do it like a little consultation. And if I feel like we're a good match, even if they don't match my typical demographic that I work with, then of course I'll work with them. Um, but I also really love having a network of other professionals, other healers, other people in the wellness space that I can direct, Uh, those people, if, if I feel like there's a better fit somewhere else. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I'm excited to talk to you in another episode specifically about the, the aspect that you, you know, the niche of your, your, this uh, supporting gay men specifically. And I think you have a lot to say. You could probably identify with people of all different ethnic groups and, and sexualities and things like that. And, and, and I hope that you'll be, you know, I want to I hope that it's okay that we kind of ask you some of those questions and help us to help, you know, to, to inform us and to help educate us on, I think in my opinion, the more that the more sameness we are, then we are the difference, you know, I feel like that's what I think is really important. And, and I think, you know, I think it's great to niche down and, and to get support for people, you know, people, uh, need someone that says me too someone that says i know what you're Mm -hmm. talking about and so we need all all kinds of these things so if you're a wellness coach niche down as much as you can i think i really um commend you for standing up and saying i will be with you i will walk the path with you and like you say it's your path too so it's not Mm -hmm. completely strange it's not something that you're going into without understanding a lot of where they've been and and that's how most healers are right we we they you know they it's like once you have the the hurt or the pain most of us go on to healing that pain for others and i i know that's that's true for me and and that kind of thing so when someone makes a wellness appointment with you um regardless of what their you know what their problem are what would that look like to come to see you as a wellness practitioner, what is entailed in that kind of a session or experience? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, so to kind of break down wellness coaching, um, it is an umbrella term that I use to just cover the the many uh different tools that I've learned over the years. And I feel like, you know, many of your listeners who are in this space probably can relate to this desire to just continue to learn and to grow. And then we start looking back and we're like, oh my gosh, I have so much wealth of knowledge, you know, and how do I market myself? And so um so I've stepped into some like marketing strategy over the past year and and been able like, you know what? Like wellness coach is a good good label for what I do um but what does that actually mean so some of the certifications and trainings that I've um gotten um so when I launched my business I I started out as a life coach And then I also got trained in what's called rapid eye technology. So I did um, that modality, which is similar to EMDR, um, using eye movement patterns to to release limiting beliefs, negative emotions. Um, Very powerful tool. And I really love that. Um, And then I got trained in massage therapy. I feel like, oh, for my wellness business, I needed massage therapy. It was such a... um, I love massage. Physical touch is so powerful. Um, I love kind of that, like, very tangible, um, tactile element to healing. And then also to give me the license to touch was, I think, also an important component to that. So I incorporated massage, and that's been really great um, over these years because a lot of people are familiar with massage and they see the value of it. And I was able to bring a lot of people into my. Office who might have been hesitant for life coaching, and be able to you know share my talents with them and get to know them and and in many cases people stayed for the coaching they would uh, want to be uh, look at improving other areas of their life. I incorporated you know I got trained as a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, so I was able to um, address that. That part, which is a lot, you know, when people think about wellness, a lot of people think, you know, fitness and and eating healthy, and so, you know, I was kind of trying to learn some of these low hanging fruit that would that that are very tangible. Um, but I really am passionate about like the inner work, right, like the soul work, and so I continued my training. It's it's like an additional life coaching training um, by learning neurolinguistic programming, also known as NLP. Um, Timeline therapy and hypnosis. And so those are actually those three work really well together and have emerged as like my main coaching tools. But you know how it is, it's like you meet with someone and your intuition kicks in and you just, you use what you feel uh, you're called to use. You know, I've also been trained in Reiki, Theta Healing, so I have like a deep, and then my experience with Headspace, like I have a deep like meditation, um, like foundation where I just um, believe in the power of the subconscious mind and being able to get people to that relaxed brainwave state so that they can release um those limiting factors in their life so so yeah that's that's a that's kind of like my journey with different certifications i'll continue to learn i'm learning about sound healing now and you know it's just i feel like many in this space can relate we just have a thirst for knowledge a thirst for helping people and that'll continue growing and then and then it's like i don't know if it would like do much to, to, you know, I have so many like certifications on my office wall, not here, but um, elsewhere. And it's just like, you know what, I don't think at this point people care that I have 30 certificate certificates. It's now about just like really learning and being open to what comes into my life. And I'm trying to just stay open and my clients in many ways guide me to where my interests um, go, it's like, okay, this person has this issue. It's like, what could be what's out there that could be helpful? And you know, what in my toolbox can I share? And is there something else that could also benefit them? So lifelong learner here for sure. Um, but that's what wellness coaching, that's how I define wellness coaching. Um, so when someone meets with me, discovery call, I talk to them, I have them fill out a questionnaire. They, you know, that's really helpful because the, the discovery calls, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And so I'm able to get a lot of information from them just from the questionnaire. And so I basically go over that with them, figuring out what their current issue is, what they hope to get from our sessions and working together. And then, and then we create kind of like a roadmap on, okay, this is what, meeting with me and working with me can look like it's typically I typically recommend six to 12 sessions for you know most people that have a presenting issue Um, I like to work with people two hours at a time typically um, so we can really get in and do some deep work Um, but every client that I work with is is a different experience and I use a different blend of tools to to help support them
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I think and maybe it's just the the place I've been in, but I think sometimes um, wellness coaching or the wellness industry, there's kind of this idea that we you go in once and then you walk out and all your problems are kind of solved and we've removed to the negative energy and and you're gone and and like I say before, although there may be people that say, but that's what happened to me, you know, I had this amazing moment sometimes i think that gets us into trouble because it becomes more magical maybe i don't know where i think what happens if we kind of the more study you do i know with you with me the more study i do you know the more classes you take the more you realize just how you get more educated on how we really function as human as human beings and as human beings we are different we have different parts of us that show up at different times different parts of us are upset by different things at different times and 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 most likely sometimes most likely what happens i'm guessing in that six to 12 sessions is at the end of the 12 sessions we might be thinking our the thing at the beginning was the problem and we've come to a a solution that's way different and or or an understanding or a a correction that's way different from that beginning problem, but seems to be the root of it. And so if we can give ourselves some time to kind of unfold what's really underneath, you know, I'm in. I've been trained in NLP too and and things like that. And so when you learn the different levels of brain function and how things uh, get cemented into our psyche you know, it's like, there's an onion there, you know, it kind of needs to unfold. It kind of needs to, it creates these little pathways of, um, of thought processes to get from one place to the other. So when we develop some of these uncomfortable, uh, I think we go in sometimes and you should, you can tell me about some of your, your clients, but sometimes you come in and you just think this is the problem. (laughs) And, and sure enough, as we, you know, peel back a few layers, it, it's it's oftentimes something else. It's oftentimes something that was implanted long ago and causing us to feel this way in the current area. And it's not about that. You know, it's not about, Um. Shame. sometimes people will go into, oh, I took that on, or I did that thing. And I know you're really sensitive and kind about Um, letting people have their experience and just that's the biggest thing with a wellness coach is the non-judgment and the holding space for whatever shows up what do you what do you think about that
1: yeah absolutely like we are wellness is a journey right it's a lifelong journey and and that's why I think it is valuable to like for me to have additional offerings um, and it's so neat you know when people are adding to their toolbox because it's like you know, I had a yoga because I I'm a yoga instructor as well. Uh, see, it's like hard, like you know, it's like oh oh yeah, I've done that 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 that, and and it shows up in different ways in my practice. But yeah, I I love this analogy that my um, yoga um, instructor shared. Um, she she calls it uh, ponytail in the water, and and so so when if you've ever been uh, water skiing. Or wakeboarding um you'll know that like the first time you do that it can be really hard right because it's like getting the right like momentum from the boat it's it's really tricky and so many people may be yelling from the boat like okay, like lean back, sit, sit in a chair, pull, you know, br- bend your elbows. And so they'll, they'll give you all these little tips. And it can be really frustrating, especially if you can't get up. It's just like, oh, your, your tips aren't helping. And I'm like frustrated. Um, and she talked about like one person yelled out, put your ponytail in the water. And it caused her to lean back in a certain way that allowed her to get up. And so she used that analogy for yoga cueing. It's like, you know, you want to say things in many different ways so it can click for people. There's these like ponytail in the water, like feelings like, oh, I get it. I get how that pose is supposed to feel. And I think the same thing can happen in wellness. Like it is so valuable to have all these different tools out there, you know, different practitioners that. You know, and if you kind of look at a lot of the foundation of a lot of these wellness tools, they're all pretty similar. A lot of it is like releasing negative emotions and limiting beliefs and like helping us manifest and kind of clearing the channels so that we can create the life that we want for ourselves. But then there's so many ways of doing that, and different people are going to resonate with different modalities and maybe different tools will be helpful at different times. And so I think it is super valuable to to um, To have like uh, to experience so many different types, and so at certain times in our, our life, maybe I'm someone's led to me as a wellness coach, and I have this approach that um, and training that is um, you know resonates with someone, and you know hopefully that person whether they continue to work with me on different issues, you know we keep up leveling, or maybe they'll be led to a different modality that can help them. Up level in a different way, and so um, yeah, I think it's really important to continue to individually invest in our own wellness and continue to explore different paths. Something I did want to mention just about um, the the niche and lifelong learners. Um, for me, um, as I mentioned, I'm working specifically with the gay population, and I feel. It has been helpful where I'm at in my business because I do have a variety of different offerings all around wellness, but they kind of they cover a breadth of knowledge and and just different services because I have it very broad. It has been super helpful to have a very specific niche. And so that's something that could be um just worth considering if you do have, if you are a lifelong learner like me, figuring out what your niche is. If you have a very specific service, for example, like cranial sacral uh, massage, if that's like your specialty, then you can probably be like, well, yeah, then 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 that's your niche, and then you can give that to everyone. But I have found that helpful to to really focus in on a population because I have such broad offerings.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the way I listening to your list of offerings. I'm in, I'm fascinated how you have done, you've balanced out the releasing with the incorporating, you know, like for instance, so those that know the the wholeness library might know will from, he's got the whole list of rapid eye technique, which we have just loved and are so grateful for. And Explain for that. There's a there's the intro in our library, and so go see a bigger part of that. But that's that's almost a releasing kind of technique, you would say, right? And and mm-hmm. and the um, tell me what the what that implies or what the point of that is, and the the science behind it or the the theory behind it.
1: Yeah. So, so what I've been, what I've recorded, um, that was several years ago. It was fun to do that. Um, it's the immediate release technique and that's a rapid eye technique. It's super powerful when we are feeling triggered in the moment. So that is specifically like, oh my gosh, I'm having a ton of anxiety coming up or, or anger coming up. And, you know, in a session with clients, you know, there's many different ways of, of processing emotions, for what I, for what I do, um, I, I don't need my clients to like feel, um, intense anger or sadness in a session with me. Um, like I'm a big believer. It's like, Oh, let's just release it. Let's just release it. And so, um, I often don't, you know, I want to leave my clients feeling better than they came in. And so if they're coming in, with a bunch of negative emotion, or if negative emotion comes up, we can do the immediate release release technique. um, And that's using a variety of different um, tools in that technique. You're using eye movement pattern, which is going to be um, accessing the different modalities within the brain, your audio visual kinesthetic um, primarily, and recall is the other one. And then you're going to be also tapping. So tapping on specific pressure points, um, which is um, a natural way of of having your body release um, some of that emotional um, energy that's held within the body. And then you you do deep breathing techniques. Um, I love breath work. And so that's also going to tap into releasing. So you're doing those three simultaneously. And then you're also using verbal input. So, you know, I, I trade in the feeling of fear for the feeling of peace. So you're, there's an actual verbal input as well. And so, uh, yeah, be sure to check that out. I love the immediate release technique. I still use it when, when clients do get triggered, it's like, all right, let's do that. And you will immediately, you know, if you're feeling a, uh, an eight or nine or 10 on, you know, a scale from zero to 10 of emotional agitation, it's like, it's, it's, everyone always reduces to a really low number after doing that. So be sure to check that out for sure.
0: That's great. So what would make you different or what would you say with your massage? Is that more of a releasing or or because you have all these other modalities included, does that make your massage a little different than someone else's, would you say? Or what was your purpose behind uh, or what is your intention when you move into massage? Is it different because you have all these different modalities? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I love the idea of blending modalities. Um, to be honest, <laughs> most people, most people who, who've come into my office for a massage want massage. Um, you know, sometimes, um, you know, there've been different times where I'm like, you know, I can bring Reiki into massage, I can bring hypnosis into the massage and we can do some deeper work. Um, And sometimes, you know, I've had good experiences with that. Um, But most of the time people are just wanting massage, which is totally fine. Um, I do offer... Right now I do offer like a hypnosis massage and so we are able to um, go into some inner work which is always great. I do feel like that is just kind of a sampling of the inner work that I can do um, because just you know people want to enjoy their massage they don't want to like talk during their massage Um, but I love I love massage not only for like the therapeutic muscular benefit um, that many people come into but i mean you are you know lying there you know with your you're you're able to be in your body more than in normal situations you're relaxed um, state um, you're you're more aware and people you know will release tension and there's there's you know sore muscle tension but then there's also like like you're holding stress in your upper back and neck and so All of that, you know, the mind, body, spirit connection is, is one. So it's all connected. And so I really think, I think, you know, people, people come in maybe for sore muscles primarily. um, But I think they keep coming back because they know that they're getting more than just muscular relief. They're getting, there's something deeper there that is happening. And a lot of that releasing and kind of the intuition that I, that I have as a massage therapist, um, It's just very organic and very natural. Sometimes I do have people request like, yeah, let's do some, let's do some, uh, you know, guided meditation. Let's do that. Um, But a lot of it just happens naturally when we start being in tune with our body and being still and listening and feeling in a, in a situation like a massage session, people just naturally release. And it's really cool to, to have that holistic benefit, not just the physical body benefit.
0: Yeah, there's a really good therapist. She's Canadian. Her name is Hillary McBride, and she's written a book called The Wisdom of Your Body, and she talks about how she was in a couple of car accidents and how she was at a massage therapist, and when the massage therapist uh, rubbed a certain part of her back, just the whole flash of memory came back as far as what happened in that accident, and so it really changed her methods as a therapist in understanding how important the body is to our mental well-being, And when you say out of their body, I, I mean, I wish we could describe it to someone that that just feels so foreign to, but we do disembody or, or numb off our body, which, which, what I would say, you know, the body is the communicator. It's the one that gives us sensations. It's the one that brings in sense things from our senses and stores it as information. And when that is disrupted or when that's numbed off or when, we are separated from that. We are missing those those cues that that emotional part of us, our spiritual part and and our mental part are trying to, you know, create in this of the experience of the world, right? It comes through the sensations of the body, even when we're thinking hard. A lot, many times we're having sensations up in our brain, you know, we're you can feel the tension up there as you're thinking. It's a physical experience along with that mental mental state so i i think it's really a good thing that you are um that you have that aspect of training that that the body becomes just as important as our thoughts beliefs because they are they're they're just they're, they're, the, they're the best friend of that you know that the body keeps the score is another good book mm-hmm. by best bezel and van like it is uh it's really that's probably the most fascinating thing that i've learned in the last five years is just how connected the mind and body or the spirit and body or the heart and body you know just how connected they are that there really is that i can go into a sensation in fact i'm learning a little about a technique it's a therapy called internal family systems have you ever heard of that and I have, yeah. Um, yeah and he you know and, and they're very much one of the it's interesting how in the different modalities they're similar where it's like go to the body where do you feel it in the body and it's it's strange at first because people you know i'll say where's that emotion where do you feel it in your body or or where are you feeling tension in your body what is that tension you know you know you go through a process to figure out what that that tension is saying or quote saying or or trying to to communicate but it's really really um effective to, to go to the body and, and it will tell you a lot of times what's going on.
1: Yeah. I mean, the body is such a, a beautiful instrument, right? It's encapsulating infinity, like infinity, like we are, we are divine essence. I believe that fully, and we are so powerful and it's so exciting, you know, that we are these spiritual beings having a physical experience and, it's important, right? To be like, to, to be present in this experience in the body and, and, you know, and honoring the body. And, um, it's, it, it's great that there are ways that we can do that, whether it's, you know, um, you know, fitness training, eating healthy, getting massage. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why I went into massage, um, and why I thought it was so valuable. Um, growing up, my family and I, we, we were just, you know, we, we would give massages to each other. That would just be kind of like, you know, if we're just hanging out, like let's get massages. And it, you know, there's the, the, you know, human touch is, is so powerful. And, um, it was fascinating during the pandemic during 2020, you know, I had to close shop for a few months at the beginning but then I opened back up in June 2020 and I was so busy and I've stayed pr- pretty busy since. But it was it was heartbreaking because some of the only human touch that people would get was from our session. And, you know, there's been studies done Um I think a body keep it score. It talks about the babies. There's, um, there was a instance, um, I think it was like during world war two or something where, um, the babies, um, there were these orphan babies that were, were, weren't being touched by the nurses. They weren't being like held and many of them died. And they compared that to the babies that, um, some of the nurses really took the time to hold and to rock. And they, they, did fine and they thrived. And so there is like, we are designed for connection and physical connection is powerful. And so, you know, whether we, you know, have people in our lives that we can hug, we can be close to, um, or, or getting a therapeutic massage, like it has such important value and it does something to our, our mind, body, and spirit that is, is pretty profound.
0: Yeah. I, and that's why I thought, you know, that's why the massage, the nutrition, and maybe even your yoga. To me, those are almost like the client is receives, you know, receives, and then you've got this. So you've got the modalities of, of letting go of or getting rid of, and then you've got the modalities of receiving. So I think that it's, it's a good, it's a good balance. And what about the NLP? What did you like? What do you like about NLP? How do you use that? What is that? Let's let's talk about that. I I just got my certification as well, and it was like really exciting the things it's to me I even call it a technology like it's like we have a technology nobody knows this but we have had this technology that we can go into that subconscious and we can change your mind about some things really quickly I was I was surprised I was surprised Mm -hmm. but how did you get there what is it how does it work for you
1: yeah. I love neuro-linguistic programming. Um, I had heard about it a while back. Um, I believe that's Tony Robbins kind of foundational training is he, he was trained in that. And so, um, I love Tony Robbins. He's, you know, definitely someone to know in this space. Um, but yeah, like, um, it is neuro-linguistic programming is like, um, a deep, deep, deep well, like it's, I, I, In the last year, I've really dived into it, and it just it there's so many layers to it. And so, if you're in this space, I would definitely recommend dipping into it. You know, reading books about it, taking trainings, because it is such a good foundational like principles for helping others and understanding yourself. So, neuro linguistic programming. I mean, I see it in myself every day. I see it in the people that I work with. It's all around us, and it's it's basically the programs that we live under. And when I say programs, it's, it's the, the patterns that show up in our life. It's the, the, the way we view the world and, um, we call it the model of the world. So we each have these models of the world because we, we have to make sense of reality. There's so much going on in any given moment. Our, our, you know, five senses that we're taking in any given moment are limited and not only that we we can only focus on so much at any given time they say like like for example like the phone number being seven digits long it's like we we really our minds can only handle about seven kind of you know like seven different things at a time and so if we think about in any given moment like we are we have a very filtered version of reality and our life and and when we start like unpacking that, that is our model of the world is our filters. And so how I use that with my clients is when it's super helpful when we're first starting out because I want to understand what my client's model of the world is and certain assumptions that they make about themselves, about the world around them. It's like, okay, so so NLP helps us identify um, our own and others model of the world and models of the world are fine. Like there's nothing wrong with it. I only care about the things that aren't serving them. It's like, okay, this, this area of my life isn't working. How is that connected to your model of the world or your belief system? Is there a, a belief that maybe just isn't accurate and can be challenged for the purpose of improving your life? So the first several sessions, we're I'm basically understanding, asking questions uh, when people make make statements that that kind of denote that there is a belief around that. It's like, oh, like like for example, no one ever listens to me, and it's like you know a common way of challenges. like no one, like no one ever listens to you. Like I'm listening to you right now. (laughs) Like, so it, so we, we, we make these like blanket statements a lot in our life and we don't even realize it. You know, a a fish doesn't know they're in a fishbowl, right? They're just, this is just, this is just life. And oftentimes we don't know that we are blinded by our own patterns until someone else points that out. It's like, Hey, you, you do know, like, there's an other way of seeing the situation. And and they're like, Oh, like I thought that was just how the world is. So it's really exciting to, to have people just be like, Whoa, it, it is a whole mental shift because, because we are seeing life in a very specific way. And as a coach to help people consider like, Oh, you, you know that there's, there's another option. There's another fishbowl actually, like this isn't all you have to uh, live under. Um, That's, that can be a huge groundbreaking experience.
0: Yeah. I loved, I love also, I loved learning that how different people take in information. Some people are more audible. They, they, it comes in through their, through hearing the best or some people it's, it's visual. They see things visual and, and other people are more feeling in their bodies. You know, in fact, I thought it was interesting. Are you familiar with the Enneagram? I, I was in, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm wanting to do yeah. an interesting thing to see if people, if I can kind of put together NLP and Enneagram and see if, because mm-hmm. they have these centers in the Enneagram. And I think it'd be interesting to see if that matches what their NLP, you know, profile would say about how they take in information because you got the two, three, four are feeling based or, Heart-based, emotion-based, and then five, six, seven are mind-based, and then eight, nine, one are our, are our body-based. So it'd be interesting if it, I would. I just always thought I wonder if I could get a group together and see if I could see some correlations between those two because I think it's really fascinating for me at least to to recognize how I. I see things, you know, and and, and that right there, because I use the word see probably looks at the, that I'm more visual, right? Where somebody else would like, mm-hmm. somebody else would like, so even just the vocabulary, vocabulary I learned through NLP about catching people and how they speak and what, what they're really saying, you know, like, Maybe somebody will sell, you know, somebody that the thought the saying it smells like success, you know, that smells of success. They might be somebody that's which is rare, you know, or I see the future and it's bright or I feel like this is going to be a great day, you know, or or I think, you know, I feel versus I think kind of languaging lets us know Mm -hmm. how you process information. And once you know that you can kind of go through the world with a little more ownership of what you're taking in. And with the ability to look at it and see if that's what you want to take in or if that if the biases that we have, you know, and the biases just because, like you say, just because by nature, we can't take in the whole story, we just cannot. So our brain automatically filters it down into what's important, specifically related to any hurts or pain that has come in the past. I mean, that's the first line of defense, like that has hurt in the past. This is close to it. And that's what we would call a trauma response. Right which can Mm -hmm. come in all sorts of sizes, you know, this little trauma response. And then we're, we're in a different mode than we're even, than the other person maybe is because we've got the story from the past that our filter has said, red alert, red alert, shut down, Mm -hmm. you know, here's what's happening. And, and uh, you know, so what, by learning that I really, really understood myself as far as I was receiving information. And then it gave me some grace for other people to realize they're learning something different from their perspective. They, they see things from a, from a different lens, li- literally, you know, so um, that's, what's been great about NLP. And, and then I know I have a hypnosis one I haven't started. It came into NLP and cause they're very similar as far as understanding, you know, hypnosis is, has like this strange thing, but it's really just getting the brain. I would, and I haven't taken a class yet, you know, but getting it right into a state where it can now receive new information and get rid of old information is that a good explanation of hypnosis or hypnotherapy
1: yeah yeah i mean hypnosis if you're in this space it's like it's so beautiful how everything blends together it's like oh my gosh like it like dots connect and it's really exciting um hypnosis you know again gets us to that relaxed brainwave state and and you're right to say like a lot of people have these kind of strange ideas around hypnosis a lot of it comes from stage hypnosis where they have you cluck like a chicken and it it has it, it makes it seem like you you are in like someone else is controlling you that actually is not the case um mind control i mean to, to be able to like really like brainwash or or control someone's mind like like that's kind of like torture behavior like lack of sleep like really crazy stuff you what happens in a hypnosis session is is simply um you get to you allow yourself to get to a relaxed brainwave state um and that you know typically is done with the with the hyp, hypnotherapist and you are choosing to follow instructions and that's basically all it is and you're allowing yourself to um use the creative centers in your brain in many ways it is a it is like a form of guided meditation um when you when you are being guided in a meditation you are doing the same thing you are you know like walking down a path or walking on the beach and you know, you're, you're, you are following the instructions of the the person who's facilitating that. So similarly with the, with the hypnotherapist, um, you are doing that. Um, and ultimately the goal is to, um, in most cases is to receive what we call suggestions and those suggestions are, um, Things that the client has told the hypnotherapist that they want to have in their life. If they want healing. They want confidence, or whatever it is. Then during the the process of hypnotherapy, we get to kind of the the what we call trance. So this very relaxed state. I mean, that can be you know almost theta level deep, deep, um, um slow brainwave activity, and and then the therapist is able to share those suggestions to the client and they're able to receive it and it the subconscious brain is very powerful and so if we you know are willing to follow directions for example you know one of the we call them inductions one of the inductions is to you know um you know to raise your hand imagine a a, a balloon a helium balloon is lifting your hand and so you follow those instructions and And then, and then, um, you know, they they can tell me to drop the hand. So they do these like physical manifestation instructions. And so if you can follow those, then you can also follow the instructions to be more confident and to, you know, get the results that you want in your life. So it's very powerful. I love it. It blends well with so many different modalities. Um, I think people have intrigue around hypnosis because of it's like you know movies and like the different like spectacle of it um it's more n- like normal if <laughs> you could say it's like it's 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 more normal than people i think realize but but some of the mysticism actually could make it more powerful for the client because it is belief like if you if you like think that like there's this um Kind of mysticalness of it, and um, I mean, life is mystical. It's all the universe is mystical. But if you if you think you know, if you think there's like this extra layer of like, yes, what the hypnotherapist says. I can actually receive, then that can work to the client's benefit. But it is actually a very natural and normal process. We, we, we experience trance almost every day in different ways when we're watching a movie, for example, and we get bought into a movie. It's like, oh, my heart is racing or I get emotion. That's us. That's us. That's us buying into this, this basically it's a kind of a uh, a, a different reality. And that's what we allow ourselves to do in a hypnosis session.
0: Yeah. I, that's why it was intriguing to me. Cause like, even in a Reiki, I've done Reiki too. And I mean, the goal, uh, the real, it, you got to get the heart rate, the nervous system in a place that is at peace, which, you know, in the brain we'd call it, you know, the different, the wavelength or the what what you've called it. But in mm-hmm. getting that, because the, the nervous system isn't a thinking system, it's a reactive reactive system but you've got this reactive system and then the thinking system going at this you know going at the same time sometimes interacting with each other in negative ways sometimes positive but if we can get the nervous system to call down, calm down enough so that the thinking comes online and I think that's what it is it's a balance of those it kind of gets those two into balance so that now we can incorporate some of the things that we want to incorporate and so like I'm just repeating what you're saying as far as it's really kind of normal and natural it's just it's just a way of uh you know we can get into really technically what's happening but it's something that we do we do all the time um mm-hmm. with when when we are you know we when we're relaxed uh, there's two kind of ways we can get information really quick either trauma which is high at the other end of the spectrum where it's like i can teach my i talk about this my son was in he's in the air force so when he was in basic training that was the level of of influence was high impact fear scared so that he learned the lesson really fast you know but on the other end of the spectrum we can do the same thing very relaxed very kind and gentle like getting the body at the complete opposite end of the spectrum and it's just as effective in fact I was probably not the best military mom at the graduation because i was like there's a better way maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a different way i don't know um i'm more sensitive that way it was hard to see to to hear stories of 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 that from my son but um but yeah i think that's that's fascinating i think um i I think more people should give it a try you know i think it's like we're halfway there because we're kind of like you say guided meditations we're just just one more step and you'd be interested to see how, how beneficial it can, it can be, it can be, I want to hear about your timeline therapy. I, I'm unfamiliar with this particular thing. I, I, um, but I, I, I'm familiar with, um, it's called lifespan integration and it says, it's it sounds similar to me. So I want to hear about this timeline therapy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So So timeline therapy, um, is kind of an offshoot of NLP. So, so, so NLP, NLP is, like I said, it's a, it's a pretty, um, broad range of knowledge. It's been, um, you know, it's not, um, a lot of, you know, like life coaching, it's unregulated. So there's a lot of different kind of branches of it. And, Timeline work where you're kind of going linearly through life is is like a part of NLP. And then, um, and Tad James, so there's a company called Tad James, a guy um, named Tad James started it. Um, uh, He's no longer living, but um, I believe his wife has taken over his company. He has done a lot of research and work around NLP and has kind of come up with a specific technique um, called a uh, timeline uh, technique. And um, the person who trained me, um, Rebecca um, de Acevedo, uh, she runs the iHeal Institute. She trained me. Um, and so um, I've, I've learned that technique. And yeah, basically it, it, it blends well with NLP and hypnosis and what it it's a very powerful technique that helps you go through your past um, emotional negative emotional um, wounds you can call them or limiting beliefs and release them so that's really where we do kind of the heavy lifting of releasing when I'm working with a client and it's really neat because it doesn't require it doesn't require like any like you don't have to tell me any events you just have to recognize when we are going through the session what the root so if we're if we're focusing on anger you know i'd have you i'd have you go to the root of that anger and i have you go through like find that in time so we actually have you visualize a timeline and go back to that event and then um, it's a very powerful process of releasing releasing, um, the event and, or the emotions around it. And, um, and it's really quite easy and, and almost effortless. Like it, it's really powerful in my, in my view, it's so empowering how, how simple it can be to release years and years of baggage. And, you know, some, sometimes we, we think because we've, we've, you know, life can be hard or, and we've, we've struggled through something so intense. Sometimes we realize like, or we think that like, it has to be like, we have to like talk about it for years and years and years, or we have to like, we have to, we took it on in a place of hurt. So it has to hurt to release it. And it's like, actually we can choose to release it. And And, and, you know, to not go into too much detail uh, about it, but, but to kind of give you the, one of the main premises of it is if we think about, um, karma, one of the concepts of karma is, you know, like, you know, what you put out is what will come back to you. Um, and, and I think we can receive, you know, like there's some universal truths about this idea of karma, whether you believe in reincarnation or not, like you don't have to get into like the religious aspects of it. But there's this up there's this other element of karma that 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 talks about life will keep giving you the same lessons until you are ready to learn them and move on. And so, like, if you are, um, I mean, you can give so many examples, but if you, um, you know, if you are. Um, a very angry person, you probably will be presented with opportunities to outgrow that anger or be able to like advance and like people will agitate you or whatever it is. So you'll be given opportunities in life that will help you um, release those things. And there's what, what's, what's really important is that we learn the lesson from the emotion or the experience in order to release it. And so one of the things that I explore with clients is, for example, let's say anger there that you, you carry a ton of anger with you. Like there's just anger. It just keeps popping up in your life. So what I would want to do with you in a timeline therapy session is go to the root of that anger and understand, well, first honor that anger because our whole, our body is beautiful and everything that's happening is is really designed for survival and designed to even help us thrive. And so emotions are not our enemies. They actually protect us and anger will protect you. If you, you know, you talked about military, like it it can protect you from, you know, to stay alive. It can protect your family in a situation that's dangerous. And so anger does have a role in our existence. What we're concerned about is if we, repress the emotion or hold on to the emotion and so we are carrying that anger throughout our lives and it's no longer like it, it doesn't have a specific purpose it's stuck it's trapped within us and it, it is actually going to have if, if we hold on to emotions like that especially negative emotions we can hold on to love and joy and peace and gratitude those are great but if we're holding on to anger sadness fear guilt shame anxiety like those are going to have negative outcomes um, if they're if they're just held and uh, held so on we want to specifically
0: re- with an event as well, like tied to a tied to an event, you know, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: keep going. Yeah, because it's like it's not just it's actually because of an event that that's being hanging hung on to. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not just because we're excited to have anger. You know, there there was like you say, there was a, a pivot point where that particular anger was ignited, I would say maybe. And then, and then like you say, and then it starts to color our world from there forward, which becomes unhealthy or, or causing damage to other relationships or to our own lives. Would you say, would you mm-hmm. say
1: that? Yeah, absolutely. When I love, I love this kind of approach of coaching because it, it assumes so much about, about people in general. One, it's, um one, it's you are amazing and and incredible, and you have all of the resources within yourself, and you have all the, you know, you are a very wise and powerful being. And you are actually really great at creating the life that you that you have. Like you've we've all created our lives and, and we can take responsibility for that. And so when dysfunction happens, such as holding on to a repressed emotion for years and years and years we also look at it from a perspective of there, there was purpose and meaning it from that there. Sometimes it can be, for example, if you have so much going on in your life and something really sad and awful happens to you and it's like, I, I don't have the time or energy to deal with this sadness or anger, repressing that emotion can actually serve you. And I I wouldn't say it's optimal, but it's like maybe for your survival, you weren't ready to deal with the weight of that emotion or whatever that experience was. So that is a, so again, it's like honoring every part about us. It's like, we are not broken. We are not dysfunctional. We are consciously choosing and, and making the best decisions that we know how to make. But when someone agrees to meet with me and we like say, oh my gosh, like there's a pattern that's not working in your life. This, there's some dysfunction. And then we can start looking at what might be leading to it. And if someone is open and willing to address some of those um, negative emotions that maybe have been repressed or held onto for all these years, then it's like, awesome. Well, this might be the opportunity to release it. You can choose to keep holding on to it if if that's serving you, and usually it isn't. <laughs> um, but but they have that option. And so it's very empowering to recognize that. And it can be as simple as going back to the root of that emotion or, or limiting belief and honoring it. You know, maybe that anger was a, you know, a defensive mechanism to keep you alive. And we can say like, oh my gosh, anger, we love you. Thank you so much for, for protecting me and to, for helping me during that time. I learned, you want to take the lessons from that anger And, you know, usually I have like a list of like, oh my gosh, like this is what it was meant to teach you. Now that you have those lessons, you can take them with you without holding on to that anger and, and you can move forward and emotions will continue to happen in our lives, right? We're never going to get rid of anger or sadness. Like, like those, those still play a role in our lives, but, but, but we don't want to be responding in life as a three-year-old or a five-year-old child who got angry at his whatever brother and and now is reacting from that space. We want to react in the present. So, you know, releasing those emotions doesn't mean we won't have emotions in the present day. It's just we, we've released the reservoir of that negative emotion so that we can be present and, and use those emotions as they were meant to be used as reactions to in the moment. And then we release them without holding on to the baggage.
0: Yeah. Just, and just, to, um, two points I want to just like emphasize that you made one, that it's simple and two, that, that the timeline makes a difference. And I'll tell you a story. I was volunteering at an event and I, they just asked me to come and, and volunteer my time to, to work with people, people, um, they would pay just a small fee to have a session with someone. Right. And so we had 20 minute sessions. They were 20 minute sessions. So it wasn't like any, you know, I didn't know how this would turn out. Right. Well, I had a man who came to me and he had gone to another practitioner and I don't, you know, whatever had happened in that session, he had walked away with, I, you know, she would helped me get rid of my anger and I never want to feel angry again, you know? So, so she said, he says, I'm coming to you because I really, I want to double down on that. Like, I never want to feel angry again. And he would tell. so his story was, you know, he was going through a divorce and in the last year, you know, he had the big story about what was going on and how, and how it had gotten him into, his anger had gotten him into trouble because it was causing maybe he, in his, in his mind, his divorce. And so, you know, I think maybe that the, the other practitioner had kind of looked at that and said, okay, well, let's get rid of anger so that you can re, re, you know, connect to your spouse, which, you know, was, is a valid thing to, to do. And, 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 but as we got on the table, you know, I moved him back in time to that original you know when he felt that for the first time i asked him you know in a relaxed state when was the first time you felt this and and I, i i invited him to go back you know in time hovering above a timeline and and dropping down into the space where that anger was created and um and, 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 like you say, and I said, look, see how it was needed in that moment. And we don't want to get rid of anger for the rest of your life. We want to get rid of the pain that, that this anger, um, when this anger came in that it came in at a pain point, that's what we're, we're looking for. So in this, like I say, it was a 20 minute session, but when he opened his eyes, he said, he was just amazed you know he was just he was just amazed in fact in that he gave me a I think he gave me a a big huge tip you know and he was so grateful it was supposed to be it was volunteer they could tip if they wanted but he gave because right. he was like uh, really uh, to understand I mean it's so validating too uh, in ways to know oh that makes sense that I'm reacting that way or it makes sense that that's in my life and so then all of a sudden you become so self-compassionate, which is so healing, right? Um, That I, I think that the timeline part of wellness coaching is really, really valuable if you get a chance to, because a lot of times we can go forward, we can make goals, you know, we can make goals ahead. And sometimes we've got to, sometimes we've got to willpower past these, these hurts and pains and we can do it for a time, but pretty soon it feels like we failed, and it's not, it's just because there's something in the past. There's some part of our timeline that's created some of this stuff that's in our way. And it's not a lack of discipline causing a problem. It's, it's pain, it's suffering. And to be gentle. That's why the wellness world is so appealing to me because a good wellness practitioner's heart is just full of love and compassion. And cause I felt it with me when I had my experience of, that was the first time i had a healing session that was what stayed with me was this kind um gentle hold space for my healing with no judgment and just willing to be with me and and all that i thought caused me to be too much problem for the world or caused me to feel like what was happening to me was too much and it and to see someone not overwhelmed get overwhelmed by that you know to see someone be willing to be there and, and be with me and, and not get overtaken by the, the what I thought would just take anybody down. You know, I just thought it would take anybody down. And that's, a, a, that's what a good healer, healer can do. And I, I know that you, um, are that space, particularly for the, for your niche, the gate, the gay man that, and they need that. And we're going to talk about that in another episode specifically, because I think that's worth a conversation. But as we kind of, um, close, I wanted to ask you what, how is, how would someone, um, Coming to a wellness coach session, how would you say what would you describe about how does that help them become whole or help them move into wholeness? what is that process or how is how would you define that when for somebody to come in to a practitioner like you in a, a wellness coach?
1: yeah, I think so again, like what I shared before, it's like I want to view all my clients and I truly believe this about myself and everyone like we are complete and whole like we we are that we we're not we're not coming from a place that like i need to fix you or anything like that it's like you are complete and whole and you are creating everything in your life like your current life you've built that and you've done a great job at at creating your current life um what's fun and fascinating about life and existence is we are always Um, Like human beings, we are, we are designed to progress. We are designed for movement. And so we will, if we are open to it, can continue to accumulate more light and more goodness and influence more and more people. So we're not static beings. We can be whole and also like continue to grow. And I believe that that is within us. And so, so what, what? One thing that I think is a great quality to have is to desire to always grow and to progress. And those are the type of people that I'm looking for and that I can work with. Um, What we would consider someone to be like uncoachable, and that could be a personality issue like there can be some people that I just like, you know, I'm just not jiving with we don't have rapport or whatever. But another element of someone not being coachable is someone who's completely content with where they're at. If there are no problems in your life, if everything is perfect, then keep doing what you're doing. The reality is no one's no one has reached perfection. And I mean, it's just like, like, I believe God himself, he is continuing to expand. We're his children and we're continuing like, like, so the work never ends. But if someone feels like, oh, like everything's perfect. Then, then, then they would be someone that I just probably wouldn't wouldn't work with, um, but when people that do come to me do recognize that there's something in their life that isn't serving them, isn't working, um, you know, the way that they want it to. So that is what we where we start. And like you mentioned, like some people come in thinking that this is you know a particular thing is the issue, but when we do you know, when I use the tools of NLP and really start to dig and see what's underneath. So we have our like presenting problem and then we have the structure and that typically is where the root is. And when we address that, it's going to have a multifaceted ripple effect in many areas of their life. And so, so, so that's where I, you know, when someone says, okay, we have this issue, we dig, 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 dig locate the root, and then we focus on what it is you want to create in your life. You know, it's it's kind of a fundamental formula that I think everyone should know. Um, and what I teach my clients is, um, this is the formula for manifesting. So here, here it is. <laughs> um, first, first, you need to know what you want. And sometimes people don't know what they want. So that's where a coach is helpful. It's like, let's figure out like really what... What what it is you want to create and manifest in your life. So that's number one. Number two is to focus on that. So we want to focus on what we want to create. Um, oftentimes we focus on the problem. And and during our sessions, we do address, we do address the problem, we do honor it, we go back to those roots and address it. But ultimately, where I want my clients to focus on is what they want to create in their life. That's the power of manifesting. Our, our, you know, just like prayer energy, just like um, meditation, visualization energy, like we are powerful beings and what we focus on, we create more of. It's like the law of attraction. And so I want us to be focused on not only what you want, but actually living as if you already have it and being in the frequency of what you want to manifest. So number two is focus. And then number three, so our, our our focus naturally leads to what we think about. So our thoughts. And we want to have a good relationship with our thoughts. That's why meditation is so valuable because it helps us create distance with our thoughts. It helps us like, okay, we have you know 60,000 different thoughts, let's just say a day. It's what... What is it that um, is getting our attention? And so when we focus our attention on, you know, what it is we want to create, that's going to naturally influence what we think about. And our thoughts, our thoughts will then lead to our beliefs. Our beliefs will then lead to our feelings. And then our feelings will lead to our results. So that's, that's the formula. And most people, it's like, man, I you know, I've created my vision board. I want these, you know, I want health and wellness and these different things. I want lots of money, whatever it is. They, they, they put it out there, but then they don't realize two of the, I would say the biggest areas where people run into conflicts around manifesting is negative emotions and limiting beliefs. And so so when you look at that formula, all those steps are really important, but but where we will find probably the biggest disruption on creating the life that we want for ourselves are negative emotions and limiting beliefs. Those will, you know, we can say I, you know, those affirmations, I am confident, I am confident, I am confident, but if you innately believe that I am worthless and you will carry that negative emotion of, you know, shame about yourself, it's really going to block your ability to manifest. And so, so that's, that's why we do the excavating. That's why we get to the root in timeline therapy, because then once you clear that pathway, you'll be a master manifester and you'll be able to create what you want. You'll be like, oh my gosh, like sky's the limit. Like what, you know, you have like a, you know, a a universal registrar and you can just like, I want to make more money. I want a relationship and you're able to tap into you know endless potential of creative energy once you start clearing out those those pathways of manifesting
0: join us next time when will and i discuss the unique support he provides for gay men and how we can support our lgbtq plus friends and loved ones